I took a lot of convincing to come to a worship gathering at Journey. But at a very low point in my marriage, I did get myself there. I will never forget the evening because as I stood in my yard at the close of the day, I remembered the invitation someone gave me to Journey. Because of that prompting, I drove out to the commons. Sitting alone and in the darkness of the service, the message hit my heart and mind, and I was open to God. We have mended our marriage and are moving forward together with God. Thank you to the leaders, the musicians, and all who make Journey Church a place of healing and acceptance and love. Thank you for all you have done. You broke the scary church stigma I have fought since I was a kid. You were essential to changing my family's life. My family has been through a very tough year, but you and Journey were there for me. At the end of this bad year, I got back the son I thought I had lost. He landed back at Journey because of what he experienced there years earlier and your gift for keeping it real. You held my family up without even realizing it and in ways you probably don't even know. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything. I had turned my back on God for a long time. I started coming to Journey about five years ago and it opened up a whole new relationship with God. Several times during your sermons, I felt you were speaking directly to me. I've learned so much from you, and I know I'm not the only one who has struggled on their journey with Christ. There have been times that we've looked at each other and questioned, where is God? Does he not care? Your teachings have met us right where we needed it, by encouraging us and stretching our faith. Jesus gives us hope, and your teachings over the last few years have given me hope. The music lifts my spirit and makes that hope real. Where there is hope, there is light. And where there is light, there is forgiveness. And where there is forgiveness, there is grace. It completely fills me. I am so grateful for Journey's ministry and presence in my life. Hi, Journey. Thank you for all that. Thank you very much for all that. Nice to see all of you here today. It's been a little more than uh, five weeks since we first started talking with you about the transition that the Lord was inviting our family to make to join the staff team of Bayside Church in the Sacramento, California area, leading one of their four locations. One, it's one church with four different locations. We're going to lead their baby campus, their Folsom campus. Uh, and in lots and lots of ways, those five weeks have like flown by and others, they've felt a lot like an eternity, especially because I've been dreading uh, this day since we knew it was coming. Uh, primarily because I'm terrible at goodbyes. I'll just tell you right up front. I'm terrible at goodbyes. I don't do them very well. Uh, and yet, well, here it is. Uh, and it feels very, very surreal. I started thinking about this message uh, several weeks ago, making some notes a little bit at a time, and I actually ended up with a kind of a laundry list, these 11 things that we're grateful to God and Journey Church for, one for uh, every year, and I know some of you are totally panicked right now, uh, because as George Burns says, the secret of a good sermon is to have a very good beginning, a very good ending, and to have the two as close together as possible. And uh, we're going to have, well, 11 things in between the beginning and the ending, and uh, uh, it, it goes pretty fast and painless. Uh, so, 
it's these 11 things that we feel really strongly that we want to get on the record. We want to honor God and we want to honor you, uh, Journey, and just sort of set these things on the record, encourage you in some things. And so uh, that's mostly what we're going to talk through. Number one is that we're so grateful. We are so, so grateful that we've walked by faith as a church family. We have walked by faith as a church family. Like for as long as we've been talking about starting this church back in the day when I was the executive pastor at our mother church Harvest in Billings and we talked about moving to Bozeman. We invited others from Billings to move to Bozeman. Uh, Every single step along this road of starting journey to this very moment right here has been a walk of faith. The whole thing, 11 plus years that it's been unfolding. And these words of the Apostle Paul, they've never once stopped Echoing in my ears, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we live by what? Believing and not by seeing. We live by believing and not by seeing. That is the Christians, the Christ followers worldview right there. Because see, Journey Church started as just an idea and not my idea. An idea that was actually born in the very heart of God himself thousands and thousands of years ago. This idea that God longs to be near to us. The idea that God loves us so much that he doesn't want us to stay at an arm's distance but that he came very, very near to us through his one and only son, Jesus Christ, who showed us everything that life looks like when we live it his way, who died then for the sin of all of humanity, was buried on the third day, he rose from the dead, that he lives, we celebrated that just last Sunday, that he lives and that his church, this church, is just one of millions of churches of Jesus Christ scattered all over the world. That's what we are. We're scattered all over the world, tasked with representing Jesus, doing the very same things he would be doing if he were here, live, and in the flesh and journey. That's the walk of faith in our great God right there. We can't see it all, can we? And man, we wish we could see it all, but we can't. And yeah, God gives us these little glimpses of it every now and again, but it is a walk of faith, trusting in lots of days, like let's be honest, lots of days we cling real tightly to Jesus because we're like, this road's real bumpy. I'm just hanging on to you, Jesus, watching and listening and trusting him for the next step. And Journey, I'm just gonna tell you straight up, you do this as well as any church I've ever seen in my entire life. You do the walk by faith thing as well as any church that I've ever seen in my entire life. In these almost 11 years, at almost every turn, we've together taken these collective deep breaths and gone like, we don't know exactly how this or that or that is going to unfold, but it sure seems like the Lord is inviting us to step out in faith here and here, and, and, and lots of these happen at the same time, simultaneous faith challenge all around us You just fill in the blank of all the faith challenge that God's invited us to, all the things he's asked us to do and be about and step out in faith where we couldn't see the finished product. We couldn't put it all neat and tidy on a spreadsheet. We couldn't predict exactly how it was gonna work, but together we trusted that God himself was leading. And so we prayed these big, bold prayers. We locked arms together and we took another collective breath and then we plunged like right off the edge in by faith, not having it all figured out. Not being able to see it all clearly, but by faith we've walked. And Journey, I'm so, so grateful for your willingness to walk by faith in our great God who hasn't ever let us down, has he? He hasn't ever let us down. Who I assure you, 
Like, buckle in. He's got a whole bunch more of these walk by faith moments up ahead for all of us. Because that's what following Jesus every single day requires of us. So just, like, keep that up. Don't stop walking by faith. That's what we do as followers of Jesus. Number two, I'm so grateful that you get it, that it isn't about you. I'm so grateful, Journey, that you get it, that it is not about you. The opening words of the second best-selling book of all time, second only to the Bible itself, Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life, it's called, if you haven't read it, you've got to read this book, are those words. It's not about you, and isn't that the truth? And you, Journey, have understood that, and you have lived that, and you've advocated for that kind of a perspective on this world. Job says it ever so as fitting that it comes from Job. Chapter 12, verse 10. For the life of every living thing is in his hand. And the breath of every human being. For the life of every living thing is in his. Who's his? God's. Is in God's hand. And the breath of every human being. Friends, God has the very most remarkable plans available to every single person on planet earth. And yet those plans all begin and all end with him, which means that we'll never ever know all that he has in store for us if we spend our lives in introspective navel gazing on quest for self-fulfillment, peace of mind, or even our own personal happiness. And Journey, you get that, and we're so grateful that you get it. And you live that out so very well. Churches see walk a razor's edge Every day they're in existence, where churches fight the urge to make church, to make life all about the people who are already here, the people who are already convinced, the people who are already gathered up together, and yet the Lord has uniquely wired this community of people, you, to stay walking the razor's edge, stay walking that razor's edge. Of course, we always serve and give our best to those who are sitting right here, right now. Of course we do. But Journey, one of the very most important things you will ever do is continue to advocate for and think about and give voice to those who are not yet here, who are not yet a part of the life of our church. And here's the question. Because if you're not speaking up for them, if you're not thinking about how to make Jesus as available as possible to as many people as possible, if you're not pursuing them with the love and grace and forgiveness of Jesus Christ, then here's the question, who is? Who is? And the Sunday school answer certainly works in this case. God is. God absolutely is. But there's a great big and. God is absolutely pursuing them and he wants to use you to be his hands and feet. He wants to use you to go walk out his heart for people, every person in our world. And friends, I have hundreds and hundreds of times in our 11-year history together heard from people who will come up to me and they'll go, you know what, Brian? I had absolutely no interest in God whatsoever. I wasn't thinking about God in the slightest bit, but then the wheels fell off my life in some catastrophe of some kind. And I found that God started to get my attention in that moment. And then here's what they say. They say someone from Journey, and they'll often give a name, so-and-so from Journey was in my life, they'll say. And they get tears in their eye, and they'll talk about how one of you had a conversation or a hundred conversations with them, helping them, pointing them to Jesus, how one of you scooped them up, put your arm around them, and said, hey, I want you to come to church with me, and brought them to one of these Sunday worship gatherings, 
how one of you or a whole bunch of you put a serving towel, this is what they talk about, they put a serving towel over their arm and they served me magnificently, they'll say, and they'll just talk about how one of you lived out this reality that life isn't about you, but it's all about God and it's what he wants to do in you and through you into the lives of other people and they'll say, because of this person's selflessness, the Lord used them to draw me and I've heard this hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of someones that God used you to draw to himself because it's not about you. And so would you just like keep that up and keep that up and keep that up, which moves us right into number three. We're so grateful that you get it because it is all about Jesus. It's not about you, but it is all about Jesus. Jesus says in Luke 2.49, I must be about my father's business. I must be about my father's business. I gotta be involved in my family's work, Jesus says. Well, what is that? What is God's business? Well, it's communicating to the world through everything that we do and everything that we say that God isn't just some faraway figure, but that God is indeed as close to you, as near to you as your next breath. He's that near. He's that near. And that kind of proximity of God to us is made possible because of the incarnation. It's called of Jesus Christ. God stooping down, putting on human flesh. I know you hate it every time I say it because I say it all the time. God in a bod, right? God in a bod. Putting on human flesh through the person of Jesus Christ. Which means, friends, that all of our activity as the church of Jesus Christ ought to get filtered through this grid of does it make Jesus more and more available? Is that what we're doing? Are we making Jesus, through everything that we do and everything that we say, is it making Jesus more available? Does what we're doing portray the nearness of God to us in and through the person of Jesus Christ or not? Do all the arrows point back to Jesus or not? And journey time and again, I've watched and listened and you've borne that truth out again and again. It's all about Jesus and we're so, so grateful for your laser focus on that fact, on that reality, on that truth, on that privilege, and just like keep it up, keep it up. Number four, we're so grateful for your trust in us. And when I say that, I'm not just saying it on behalf of me and Dana and our family, but I, I really say it on behalf of our entire staff team, our entire leadership team, all of our volunteers, council, and so all of us. Thank you so very much for the trust, the deep and abiding trust that you've placed in our entire leadership team around here. And I'm here to tell you that's a very sacred trust. And it's a trust that we don't, none of us, none of us take that trust at all lightly. And you see it and you hear about it all the time how there is in our world, in our culture, a very much declining sense of trust in all kinds of organizations, churches in particular. We're all very well aware of it. We see it, we hear it, we do even feel it sometimes as church leaders. But for me at least, and I think I speak for our entire staff team and leadership team when I say this, that declining sense of trust that's happening culturally actually motivates us. It actually drives us to be more and more trustworthy, to go out of our way to prove to you that we're worthy of trusting. We're not on some performance treadmill, but we just go like, no, 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 we don't take it for granted. We don't take it lightly. We earn trust. We build trust. We don't assume it. We earn it and we build it. Now that doesn't mean that we're perfect. 
That doesn't mean we're going to get it right every single time. It's not even possible. We're flawed humans like the rest of us are. But what I want you to hear from our heart to yours is that we're so grateful for the trust that you've placed in us. And everyone around here, every leader around here is going to steward that trust, continue to steward that trust with all diligence, with all diligence. And uh, because I'm leaving, I can say some things that some others on the team can't say, you know, like, what are they going to do, fire me, you know, because I said this. But listen closely to this, if you would, please, that this team, the staff around your church, the council around our church, all of our volunteer leaders, everybody, everybody is worthy of your trust. Everybody around here is worthy of your trust. And they're very, very grateful for your trust as well. Thank you very, very much for that. See, we're chipping these things off like mad. On to number five. We're grateful for the love. So, so grateful for the love that you've shown us. And just so you know, I've been around the church a long time, I've been part of a lot of churches, heard a lot of church stories. That's not an automatic thing that happens between churches and their pastors. It, it's really not. There's a lot of not-so-loving things that happen between churches and their pastors. But you, time and time again, through your words, through perhaps a note, a gift, something that you did for us, something you may have even offered to do for us, you've shown day in and day out, time and time again, how very much you love me, you love Dana, you love our kids, you love the rest of our pastoral staff, and we're so, so great. Thank you so much for that as well. The Apostle Paul, I think, felt the same, much of the same kind of love we feel from you from the church in the city of Philippi, and I want to use his words to sort of encourage you in this. Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. I pray, Paul says, that your love will overflow more and more. And Paul's not saying that the church at Philippi was deficient in love in any way. He's actually saying, will you, will you guys like keep that love stoked up? Because that love that the church at Philippi showed to Paul is just like the love that you've shown to us is this beautiful kind of love that ought to just keep overflowing and overflowing and overflowing. It's God's love. And we just get to conduit it to other people and just keep it overflowing to all of your pastors and all of your staff and all of your community and all of this valley and just like keep it going, keep it going. It, it's beautiful and it's meant the world to us. As well, we're so very grateful for your uncommon generosity. So very grateful for your uncommon generosity. Whether it be with your time or your experience, your spiritual giftings, your financial resources or any other kinds of resources, you are an uncommonly generous church, remarkably so. You, I absolutely know, have realized the truth of Jesus as recorded in Acts 20, 35. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus who said these words, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You've realized that, you walk that out, you live in that. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And journey I've seen in you for 11 years now, this profound sense of open-handedness is the only thing I know to call it. A profound sense of open-handedness. Where you show up before God, you don't cling tightly to anything that you have. Rather, you show up before God and you go, how in the world, God, do you want to use these things that I have? 
these gifts, this amount of time, this experience, this financial resource, this other resource, and you just hold it real openly before him and you make it available to him, which is absolutely the right thing to do. Why? Well, because it's all his anyway. It all came from him and it's been entrusted to us from him for us to manage. Why? For the greatest honor and glory to him ever possible. And you do that so open-handedly and you do it with this uncommon generosity. So like, keep that up. Keep that up. Number seven, we're so grateful for your openness to new ideas. And you can chuckle at this one because we've had a lot of new ideas as a church. Man, we've had our share of new ideas. And you, beautifully so, even when an idea stretched you maybe a mile or two past your comfort level, you decided that you were going to get behind an idea. You chose wisely to see how an idea might serve the greater good, and you stood with us. You stood with us. From the way that we think about our campus and our buildings, for example, that this isn't just a church building here, that this is as much for the community. This room is as much, this whole building, this whole campus is as much for the community as it is for us. And then there was the whole discussion about how we don't have a cross on the outside of the building. Do you remember that? Some of you do, probably. Because we want this building to feel, and it's not because we're opposed. Look, there's one right there. Right? We're not opposed to crosses at all, but we want this place to feel welcoming to everyone who comes in here, no matter what they think about Jesus Christ. And then remember when we moved our Saturday night worship gathering to Sunday night. Like We closed our Saturday night worship gatherings and moved them to Sunday. Some of you still don't know that that happened. <laughs> Every Sunday night at 5 p.m., it happens right in this room, and you're welcome to join us anytime. And we did that so that the community could use this room, so that the community could use this building for things that they care about. And that's just one of the many, many ways that we as a church community can go as a church into our community by serving them with this building. How many of you know that we play a pop song when people are finding their show of hands? How many of you know that we play a pop song when people are finding their seats? Some of you miss it every single week. Because you show up late. If you come a little earlier, you will hear it. A pop song every single week as people are finding their seats. Why do we do that? Because there are people who show up for church every week for whom this is a very dangerous place. For whom church is a very dangerous place. It doesn't feel safe for them for whatever reason. And here's why we play that pop song. Because we want to help them as much as possible. And so we play a song that they'll possibly likely even recognizes a way of saying, we know that in the next 75 minutes that we're gathered in here, there's gonna be some things that are really unfamiliar to you who aren't familiar with the church. There's gonna be some things that might even be uncomfortable to you even. Like, like good grief, how many public gatherings do you attend where people stand up and sing words off of a screen? Right? There's not another one except church, is there? There's not another one. And so there's these things that we do in here that aren't natural to people who didn't grow up in the church. And that pop song is just one thing we can do to help build a bridge of familiarity with people for whom the church is an unfamiliar thing. And I could go on and on and on about all kinds of other new ideas. Like, like let's build a YMCA on our, let's share this campus with the YMCA and on and on. And you've embraced them 
Again and again and again, you've embraced them. Even when they're not entirely comfortable to you, you've embraced them for the sake of the kingdom of God and the greater good. And Proverbs 18, 15 says this so well. Intelligent people are always ready to learn. And that's who I want to be. Intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. That's how I always want to live and journey. There just is about you a freshness in the air around you. And I believe that it's got so much to do with your openness to new ideas. And it's a very beautiful thing. And I just would say, like, thank you, thank you, thank you for that. And keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. Number eight, we're obviously, obviously so grateful for the incredible staff and volunteers who make Journey all that it is. I know there's other pastors in the room, but I'd arm wrestle them for this anytime. Hands down, the best team of people in any church, anywhere, right here. Hands down. And your service to Journey, it isn't ever just about filling a role, right? You see weekend updates and there's always opportunities to serve and serve and serve. It isn't just about filling a role in some department, in some ministry. Your service to the Lord via journey is all about the exact thing that Paul writes about to the church of Philippi. Once again, look at what he says, Philippians 1.5. You are, when you serve, partners in spreading the good news about Christ. You're not just filling a slot Yeah, they needed somebody, so I showed up. You're not just filling a slot. You're actually a partner in spreading the good news about Christ. And there's nothing better. There's nothing more important because it's all about Jesus. Everything that we ever do to serve around our church is about spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. All the arrows, all the serving roles point back to making Jesus as available as possible to as many people as possible. And so I say thank you. And the rest of our team around here says thank you for locking arms. It has been a sincere privilege to partner together, to lock arms together in spreading the good news about Christ over all of these years. Number nine, we're so grateful for the memories. So grateful for the memories. For 11 years, we've been making what I would consider to be quite incredible kingdom of God memories. I've got a little bit of a photographic, maybe even a videographic memory. And if you could be inside my head and recount with me the highlight reel of these years of building journey to this point that we've had, like, whoa, whoa. And I added a new clip to the journey highlight reel just last Sunday. You want to hear it? The latest one I at no? Okay, well, I'll just move on then. So it was Easter. How many of you knew it was Easter last Sunday? Yep, there you go, in case you missed it. And there was this profound move of God in our four worship gatherings. God was doing spectacular things, drawing people to himself. People were responding. 66 people, by my count, raised their hand and said, I'm crossing the line. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amazing stuff. And it was at the 11.30 gathering. We were inviting people to raise their hands, tell us that they were crossing the line of faith in Christ. And there's hands going up all over them, trying to keep up with them. And I just want you to hear this. That, that never, ever gets old. It, it gets me every single time. 
I don't care if it's one or a hundred and one every single time. Like, no way. And it ought to get you too. Like, we all together get to be a part of that when that happens in here. And it is spectacular. And so I'm catching people's eyes and I'm agreeing with them in their decision to trust Christ. And it's kind of wrapping up like it does, you know. I'm about to pray. And I, over to my right, I could sense this like commotion over here. And so I look over this way and it was up over there, a fair piece right over in there where there's not very many people sitting right now. And I look over there, and there's our sons, Preston and Dylan, our twin 12-year-old boys. And Dylan is literally, I can tell, laughing his head off because he has both of his arms around Preston's arm, and he's trying to get Preston saved. He's trying to lift (laughs) Preston's hand up, and Preston's fighting him, and they're like elbowing each other, and Dylan's just laughing. He's trying to lift up Preston's arm, fighting each other. Those guys have been fighting since they were in the womb, you know. Dylan's howling, and Silas, I think, was sitting right behind him, and he's trying to knock him on the head to try to get him to knock it off. I'm like, well, that's never gonna work. And I'm standing right here, and it's this been this holy, sacred moment, you know. People are crossing the line of faith in Jesus Christ. God's doing all this cool stuff. And then I got these Yahoo sons over here, so I got to put the dad hat on from like 100 plus feet, feet away, and I got to give the knock it off death glare. And, and I did this too, the knock it off pointed finger. And I'm, do, I'm doing this, and Dylan's still trying to get Preston's hand up, and I'm like, knock it off, please. And I knew I had no idea that was going on. Your heads were bowed, your eyes were closed. And I'm disciplining my children. <laughs> That'll make some of you want to peek, but don't do it. Don't do it. Keep your heads down. Eyes closed. I'll never forget that as long as I live. I'll never, ever forget that. We're so grateful for the memories. And I do want to, again, join with the Apostle Paul in what he said about the church in Philippi, Philippians 1.7. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you. For you have a special place in our hearts. That's exactly how I feel about you. Exactly how I feel about you. Dana, our kids, our family, all of us. I told our staff this week we had a little goodbye staff gathering. uh, And I said, you know, I think that God has good stuff up ahead for the Hopkins family. I don't think that God's done with us yet. I think we're going to continue to be useful to the Lord. Um, I think I'm still in the first quarter of my life. Somebody grabbed me after the last gathering and said, uh, you know, if this is your first quarter, you're going to be 160 when you, I was like, oh yeah, I'm not a math guy, am I? Probably not going to live that long. But I do think we're still going to continue to be useful to the Lord. I think God has good stuff up ahead. And I think Dana and I and our kids, we're always going to say it like this, like whatever cool thing that we get to be a part of building and bringing God's kingdom. We'll say, man, that was cool that we got to be a part of what God did there and there. But here's what we'll say. But it wasn't journey. But it wasn't journey. We'll say like, that was cool, but it didn't hold a candle to the privilege that it was to build journey, what we got to be a part of with you here in this church. And so you're going to be, just so you know, you're going to be our standard against which we measure everything else that we ever get to be a part of in the rest of our kingdom-bringing days. And we just thank you so, so much for that. Number 10, 
we're so very grateful for all that God has done. And he gets all the credit and all the glory. This day is really all about him. It's everything that he's done. And when we first started Journey 11 years ago or so, we said, you know, uh, we really want to make it hard to go to hell from the Gallatin Valley. Like that, like that was our express purpose. Like, let's make it hard to go to hell. Like, somebody would have to want to go to hell, really badly want to go to hell, because we're going to put up so many Jesus roadblocks in their way and give them so many chances. And what do you know? There's so many people that only God, and this is the, this is the line, and I want you to imprint this in your memories. Only God, only God, only God could have done all of this. He gets all the credit and he gets all the glory, all the people who are gonna be in heaven because of what he's done through you, through this church. Only God, it's only him. He did it, only God. And number 11, and this seems like a fitting place to land, we're so, so grateful that God's not done, right? We're so grateful that God's not done done and we all get to places in our lives where we're discouraged where we wonder like oh my goodness seems like God might be all done with me I might be all finished all washed up all whatever not sure I can make it over that next challenge listen to Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 and I am certain this is Paul writing and I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. God's not done with any of us. He's not refining my character, your character, our character. He's not done using us. He's got a whole bunch more stuff that he wants to do. And the key to him finishing the work in us, you know what it is? Is it showing up every single day and saying, God, would you please continue to do the thing that only you can do in me? Please, God. Please, God. Please, God. We avail ourselves to him. And we go, God, continue to do the things that only you can do, please, because he's not done. And he isn't giving up on you, and he's not quitting. And you might be tempted some days to throw in the towel and go like, I, I, mm-mm. God says, no, get up and show up and avail yourselves humbly to him, and he's going to keep on working in all of us. I'm going to ask Brandon to come out, if he would, please. So one of the things that we wanted to do for the Hopkins send-off today was to follow in the footsteps of First Timothy and Acts where they laid the hands and commissioned people into service and sending. And so we invite the whole Hopkins family up and as well as our council members and our superintendent for our denomination, Steve Strutz, will, will wrap up our prayer It's been an honor and privilege to be able to serve with Brian since before the very beginning, sitting in his office at Harvest uh, before he came over and getting to just dream about what Journey could be like, reaching our neighbors and and loving people and making it a safe place. Can I do one little thing, Brandon? Could I do one little thing? Uh, So this, this is a pretty surprising little thing, but but we don't have 12 kids anymore. We have 13 now. And this is Lucy. Say hi. (laughs) And Lucy, Lucy, I haven't even had time to tell you about this, but just in the last couple of weeks, 
uh, this happened. And so Dana got on a plane this week and went and got Lucy. And, and Lucy has quite a story that she'll get to tell over years. And we're just so grateful for Lucy being a part of our little family. And we love you, Lucy, so much. And so do all these nice people. They love you very, very much. I just wanted you to meet her. Thank you very much. So if everyone could stand with us, and, and if you feel comfortable, extend a hand as if you're uh, laying hands on Brian. We're going to lay hands on their family and, and pray over them. Father, we thank you for the obvious presence of your Holy Spirit over this last decade. We are so grateful that you allowed us to be part of it. We don't have to read the great stories of your activity just in the scriptures alone. We can point to seasons in our own life when we were part of such a demonstration of power. We recognize that Brian Hopkins, as our lead pastor and founder, was so much a part of and such a leader in that movement. And we praise you for that and praise you for him. We thank you for your call upon his life. And we pray that even as his soul prospers, the enterprise to which you are calling him will prosper. We pray in this season of transition that you will bless Dana and all of their children. And as the next chapter unfolds, they will see your hand again and again at work in their lives. We thank you that this enterprise here is your enterprise at Journey Church in Bozeman, Montana. And we look with expectancy at what you're going to do here as well as in the Hopkins lives and in the ministry in Sacramento. In Jesus' name we pray. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would go before the Hopkins family, that you would go before the children as they walk into new schools, as they make new friends and have new opportunities, and as that you would go before Dana as she has new opportunities and has a new, a new ministry, and Brian as he has a new ministry. We ask for your grace and your mercy and your peace, and we thank you. Amen. Father, thank you for uh, this day. Thank you for a day of reflection. Thank you for Brian's words. Thank you for his gratefulness to you and to this church for so many different things. But we today are grateful for he and uh, his, his wife and this family. I think back when he was much younger and he just said, all right, let's start a church. And uh, to be able to come up here and with the leaders around him and your spirit and how you wove that thing together and to see what's going on today pretty amazing thing and lord we we're we grateful for them we're, we're grateful to you for allowing that to happen and so many of us have been touched by that and it's already been prayed it's uh it's more than just a, kind of a sad send-off this is a, a chance for us all to realize the kingdom is bigger than us and we have the opportunity to commission them to a whole nother vineyard in this world and uh, no you're not done with them and you're not done with us here uh, god you got even greater things in store for all of us so I guess with that in our hearts, just help us to do what we've been already challenged to do, to get up, show up, and avail of ourselves to you in every single way. So that's what we want to do. So we give them to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this time has allowed you to dig out more of who God has made you to be. If you made some kind of spiritual decision today and are interested in what's next, we'd love to connect with you. For more information or to get in touch, please visit journeyweb.net. 
If you're interested in supporting our ministry, you can give online at journeyweb.net slash give. Thanks.